What are you drinking? Uh, this is a White Claw. Wow, bougie. <laughs> the proletariat's bitch booze is Mike's Hard Lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> no, White Claw. White Claw's up there. Like, it's come on. Wait, <laughs> like, 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 like I've. It's such a white girl thing to drink, is what it's. Is what's it, so no, funny I, about it. Listen, like I drink a on, on Halloween. The, la, the last Halloween, I went to a party too. Um, mm-hmm. um, I drink so much White Claw, and I was I was dressed in like a black dress because I was a Pearl from Splatoon. Sure. And and I was and I was like, woo, White Girl wasted, baby, <laughs> while I was drinking them. I, in defense of White Claw, I just don't. I don't enjoy it. I had. Um, a sip of the black cherry flavor and it tasted like literally nothing except carbonated nothing which is not a taste i enjoy and i was like well that's that's that hey, <laughs> not, uh, not gonna guess, go forward with it well you know what flavor i'm drinking tonight is it black cherry yeah it's black cherry black cherry when it ha- when it gives flavor to a thing is among the best flavors of all time i just i feel like if i'm gonna dr- i don't i don't like carbonated water i think it tastes like shit so I'm not going to drink something that basically tastes like that to maybe get a buzz, you know, six in. So, I'll just do shots and get it out of the way, you know? D- does this mean you don't drink soda? No, I like soda because it has a flavor is the point. And White Claw to me tasted mm. like nothing. It was just carbonated water, which is not, I, I hate carbonated water. I think it's awful. It's water, no, but like if water was mad at you. No, I I, I agree. Um, I don't think White Claw is that bad, but I will and but like, I am very like picky when it comes to alcohol because like it needs to be really sweet for me because i do not like the taste of alcohol i mean there's like, nothing wrong with that yeah like i and also also i'm a lightweight like i want to be clear like i mean even though- i that's that's good honestly it means you're inexpensive i am actually a disgusting <laughs> amount of a lightweight now um in, in, i was in i was expensive <laughs> just yeah, call cheap me date. A cheap that's what date. they always say yeah yeah, yeah. come on <laughs> no i wasn't worried i wasn't trying to deliberately work around it i was saying that you are a cheap date in a good way uh, uh, speaking of jokes, <laughs> now nah, this is not, not, that's not, that's not the, that's not the segue. I mean, you're not wrong. Oh, God. It's, Anthem isn't the joke, it's the punchline. Welcome to Game of the Queer. This is the Anthem episode. My name is Doom, the world's Anthem fan, a gamer, and my co-host. Uh, I'm Eli. I am... Ugh. I don't know if I'm an Anthem fan. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I feel like I am an Anthem fan by Stockholm Syndrome only. <laughs> yeah. pressured, pressured into being an Anthem fan only when in my presence. Yeah, like I, I'm, I'm still not sure if me being an Anthem fan was like only to convince you to be my friend. <laughs> so. I mean, in in defense of people not being Anthem fans, I feel like if anybody's Anthem fandom is Stockholm Syndrome based, it's me, whose number one game hours <laughs> in terms of hours played uh, in 2019, the year it came out, according to PlayStation Zone statistics, was Anthem with nearly 400 hours of Anthem gameplay. <laughs> So if anybody got Stockholm syndrome into it, it was me. <laughs> so, like the first episode, this episode is being recorded, um, sometime after we recorded our anthem episode that that you're about to listen to. 
Um, and there's an update from that, um, which I think you you should put up top here. Yes, I uh, I did manage to trick Anthem into finally popping my marksman rifle trophy, which was broken in 2019, which made me stop getting the trophies because I knew I couldn't get a platinum and expected the game fully to be shut down. So I popped that trophy, got the collectibles I was missing for the only other trophy I was missing, and got my Anthem platinum. I am one of 0.6% of Anthem players. Um who have gotten the platinum <laughs> trophy? If that tells you anything about the anthem experience, um, I you this happened just like a couple of days yeah, ago. Yeah, it happened too. this week. I got it this, on Monday, this, and it's Friday right now. Yeah, <laughs> like it, like you you got you platinumed anthem in an amount of time that could be described as recently. Yeah, pretty much. <sighs> yeah, well, congratulations. Thank to you. you. Congratulations. It, it feels to- terrible. Thank you so much. Yeah, congratulations to us, because yeah. we finished Anthem together. You started a whole new playthrough of Anthem yeah. on Xbox. On a Yeah, becoming the, only the third game I've ever played on that Xbox, because I'm a PlayStation gamer, and uh, beat the game for what became the third time, but the first time I'd ever beaten it with another person. Yep. And, and, wait, I didn't know that part. Yeah, what? I, I beat it the I, other I two thought... times by myself. Oh my god, really? Yeah. <laughs> Because the, the first time was my genuine The Game is New playthrough, and the second time I played through the entire game again to get footage for my video essay. Oh my god. Yeah, uh, you, which you plugged that video essay yeah, in this I'm episode. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. If you look up on YouTube, Anthem colon The Big Oops, you'll be able to see it. It's a good video. Thanks. I'm gonna, I'm a, I don't care if I'm gonna embarrass you on air it's, like this. It's a little it's, long. Ignore the first minute. It's an intro that doesn't apply to anything anymore. But yeah, the video is like two hours long. I worked really hard on it. it I think it's good, but I would change I, I think it it's, now if I did it again. I think it's, it is very good as well, but also it was made in 2019. Yeah, it sure was. And it's kind of funny looking back <laughs> at it, considering that Anthem's dead now. <laughs> yeah. you, you're, you're, you are so like, hopeful in that and i'm just like oh honey my conclusion was very like you shouldn't buy anthem you shouldn't play anthem but if you do and i hope you do i hope you like it will anthem ever be better probably not but maybe and and you know it's and no it's it's not getting better i'll make a retrospective after the servers get shut down it'll be very dramatic i'm gonna be on that i'm calling it now (laughs) sure you deserve it honestly thank you thank you i think i do as well yeah Okay, so let's, uh, and yeah, now, the Anthem episode. Sounds good. <laughs> so, I finished Anthem. <laughs> you helped. You helped me finish Anthem. I sure did. Uh, I did my duty as the only Anthem fan in the world. To purchase many, a second copy uh, of it for a console that I don't have any <laughs> games for, in order to get through Anthem with you, my I, third time I didn't even. It. I didn't even purchase it. I played it on Game Pass. Yeah, well, I'm not paying um, for Game Pass. You, you, Besides, it was also it was also eight dollars. Yeah, the amount you spent on that though could have been like a month of Game Pass. Eh, what would I have done with it? Played games, but also you know I know the, that you're like. You're like a huge whore for trophies. So. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a PlayStation gamer. The only game I would play that's on Game Pass I already own, which is Sea of Thieves. It's the only Xbox <laughs> game that I have purchased, like, full price. And, like, the mm-hmm. Perfect Dark, uh, not remake. Um, the, ex- the enhanced re-release. 
the re-release, yeah. yeah. Which I actually I actually liked uh, played a bit uh, like last week. It's a good time, um, and I, it uh, yeah, but also like I. I'm coming from playing modern FPSs because you know I play a lot. I play a, I play a lot of fucking Apex Legends, right? And, and I'm just like, oh shit, that's right. Um, I can, I don't click in the I don't click in the left stick to run here. Right. I just run. You just have one uh, well two speeds. Strafing is faster, but yeah. There's yeah, no the strafe. Option. Yeah, but like strafing that's designed to be used with the C button, not the right stick. Yeah. So it still feels weird. <clears throat> sure does. Um. But yeah, like besides me, how many people have you played th- through Anthem with to the end? Only one, my best friend Tyrius. Um uh, and it was because he needed my help to get through the the solo section of the the same part that you needed help with and then um I had already beaten it by the time he got there. So I was like I'll go through the rest of these with you if if you want my help for the last few and he was like, yeah. It's it's really astounding to me that like that you, you like you fell so hard for Anthem, a <laughs> game that was designed supposedly from the ground up to be to be a multiplayer game. Yet ninety percent of the time you played it, you played it by yourself. Yeah, and when I play it now, I'm still playing it by myself because no one else is playing it anymore. <laughs> yeah, but even when it was when people were playing it, you weren't playing it with people. Yeah, only when necessary. When I did strongholds and the cataclysm event, which to be fair were actually very fun, and I didn't mind those. But if they had been all that was there, yeah, I wouldn't have wouldn't have enjoyed it. Yeah. Okay. I I think though, like if we're gonna if we're gonna really dive into this, you need to. I think you need to say like your history with Anthem here, like. <laughs> Uh, well, um, I saw the Eve 3 announcement trailer, um, when it came out. I thought it looked, you know, interesting enough. The flying mechanic, I'll admit, is the thing that really got me, and I was like, I'll I'll play any game that has this, because it seems like it would be interesting. Um, and my, I'm gonna go ahead and call it an obsession in a weird way with Anthem began specifically because this is not something I ever did, but I still have the script. I was watching the E3 announcement trailer um, after it came out. I've never watched E3 live, but um, I was watching the video later with my little brother, Thor. And I was like, the it's it's it simulates people joining your game and like, you know, talking about, oh, you got this good loot. But in a way that's clearly artificial, like nobody really talks like oh, this. Yeah. So I turned yes. to him and I was like, wouldn't it be really funny to redub this to be like a real conversation that you that you would have in a live service game? <laughs> um, so it's it's you and me. And then I wrote in like the next two people who show up. It's like, oh, we, well, we got Frank, but he's bringing his goddamn wife. And let's just just be nice. Just be nice to her. She doesn't know what she's doing. He's carrying her through the game. It's fine. It's fine. And then it would just be the the testy nature of the rest of that conversation um and i i never ended up actually recording anything with it but um i didn't know this yeah i um, didn't i so, didn't know that like that like <laughs> your history with anthem started started with you trying to create a college humor video <laughs> yeah pretty much um so that that i ended up not recording anything with it but anthem was then like present in my head from that time so I was loosely following the development because I knew it was a Bioware property. I'm a big fan of Bioware games. Um, I've you know I've played them forever. Obsessed with Dragon Age in a way. Played all the Mass Effects, all that shit. <clears throat> and mm-hmm. so I I signed up for the closed alpha when that happened, and um, I played that, and that was um, you played the first few of the Matthias missions up to the mission Triple Threat, um, and the beta test was the same thing 
but you were restricted to using only the ranger, which I don't, I don't know is a javelin that you ever used outside of the prologue. Um, but uh, I, I did the alpha test. I thought it was really fun. I did the beta test. I thought it was really fun. I was excited to see like what more you could do when you're not restricted to this small area of the map and these small few missions. I wanted to know more about you know, what's going on. So it's, I pre-ordered it. I pre-ordered the Legion of Dawn edition. Um, digital, because it's one of the few games that I wanted to play immediately. I usually, if I'm pre-ordering a game, I do it on a disc. I don't like to buy things digitally. Um, mm. And uh, so I played it as soon as it came out. And when I finished playing the alpha, I I made a post on Facebook, because um, I know I have a lot of, uh, a lot of the Derby people's husbands um, were, uh, we, we used to play Destiny together. So I was like, hey, the Anthem game seems like it's going to be super dope. Um, maybe give it a shot. Uh, I don't know if anybody did, because I stopped talking to people too soon after that. But mm. I, I, the game came out. I I loved it at first. I mean, I thought it was fantastic. I, I assumed that the uh, connection problems and shit I was having was just because a lot of people were playing it and the game was unstable because of that. And then as I went on through the game, the, the veneer started to kind of rub away as fewer and fewer people were playing it. And I was starting to realize, like... No, the game is just broken. Like, it's just like this. And it. by the time I got about two-thirds through the story, I had started... I had been making jokes to Indy and to my friend Tyrius, who had started playing it just because he'll play basically any on game I'm playing. Any online mm-hmm. game I'm playing so that he can have somebody to play with. And right. um, so he got it because I was playing it. <clears throat> and I was making jokes to him and to Indy about like, man, if I ever made a video about this, I would point out this and this and this because I was also playing a lot of Destiny 2 at the time. And I forget which one of them said it, but one of them was like, you just have to start writing this stuff down. <laughs> like, this is, you clearly have a lot to say. And so I did start writing it down and eventually ended up writing, um, recording, editing, and releasing a two-hour-long video essay <laughs> about Anthem that's also partially about Destiny. Um, that, and what was, and uh, the title of it? It's called Anthem, colon, The Big Oops. Yes. Uh, which a video kind of... a video I've watched. <laughs> yeah, it's and it's uh, it it was just kind of the the an outlet for all this frustration I felt at like it's it's a point I keep making in the video where like there are things that Anthem does really well, things that are like BioWare things specifically, like I think the story is good, I think these characters are well executed. When the game works, it's really fun, but it's it's held down by this specter of the game it could have been hitting you over the back of the head with a 2 by 4 while you're trying to enjoy the experience because you keep running into these sometimes deliberate sometimes accidental roadblocks that are like in in the way of you having fun with the game it doesn't let you ever really quite have the experience of immersing yourself completely because there's always some kind of jank or some kind of bug or you get booted out of the game or it crashes your system and turns it off reminding you that Mm -hmm. you are playing a video game and yeah playing a video game that is wasting your time and and does not respect the effort that you're putting in to enjoy it. And so that's my history with Anthem. 20 minutes of yeah. it. Yeah. My my history with Anthem is I just like I was on the sidelines kind of just watching it deteriorate when it came out. <laughs> I saw the E3 presentation like I watched it live cuz I'm a sucker. Um and I was just like, "Okay, this looks all right. This looks like it could be fun. I'll, you know, maybe check it out." Um never did. And then, like, because I also listen to, like, a lot of, like, video game podcasts and such, and they were just like, yeah, it turns out it's not great. Um, (laughs) And I was like, all right. And it just kind of just dropped out. Um, And then, like, you know, 
I finally did get around to watching your video, and it got and piqued my curiosity, and also I got an Xbox this year, and found out Anthem was on Xbox. I'm like, well, fuck it, I'm gonna I'm gonna check it out because I know there's at least one person who will play it with me. <laughs> um, oh yeah, and I I played it on PlayStation Four to set that bit up. Um, I don't yeah, play games yeah. on the Xbox. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, that's the other part of it. Is like this game should be crossplay. Oh, it's yeah, not. It really should. It is not crossplay. You bought a copy of Anthem specifically to play with me. Yeah. Um, but that was because... You didn't get to see all my cool stuff. Yeah, and I never will. Um, <laughs> nope. And but, like, but also, that was because you were trying to find the elusive three-cent copy I of Anthem it. at Walmart. I'll frame it. I'll put it in a shadow box if I can find one. <laughs> <laughs> all because of a Reddit post three I found cent marked about down it. Anthem copy, yeah. I did end up finding a used copy at a GameStop for eight bucks plus tax mm-hmm. but seven bucks plus tax eight bucks after tax yeah so um and i and it's like also like i don't have like a huge history with loot games um i we've discussed before i have a big blind spot with triple a games but mm-hmm. i will say a loot game that i played a fucking lot of was borderlands mm-hmm. um uh, which which like and most recently like borderlands 2 but even that was like eight fucking something years ago but right um, but I'm like familiar with like you know the way it works and the way the concept of it and everything. It's just like oh here's the gun and the numbers go- the numbers are bigger with this or whatever. Like mm-hmm. I get it. Um, this game ain't it. Um, <laughs> this the way that I see Anthem is that like I see like a game where like they originally conceived of it and then there's like three timelines of like what of like okay. We could take this game, we could design it three different ways and go three different ways with this. And it's like they took all three of those those hypothetical games, half-assed all of them and put them all into one game. <laughs> yeah, you're you're not wrong. For um, for being a looter shooter, Anthem seems to deliberately frustrate your ability to accumulate loot. I did I would say I seems did, to. It it, d- it doesn't seem to. It does that on purpose. It's it's because like the and the loot I wrote I have notes I I typed up notes and in in all caps one of the notes I have is the loot sucks yeah sure does and it used to suck it's, even more this is post fixing quote unquote fixing the loot system with well, patches when I say the loot sucks I don't mean like the fact that like you get loot by collecting diamonds in the world and you don't know what you get until after the mission like. That sucks on its own, but it's not what I'm talking about. I mean, like, the loot that you get is just so fucking dull. Yeah. It's just like, it's just like, this machine gun shoots faster. <laughs> this this one, this one shoots slower. This yeah. one's a sniper. There, right? it, it's like, there's there are, nothing are, cool about that. There are legendary weapons, which are yellow tier, and legendary versions of your abilities, which are yellow tier, that you don't start getting until after you've hit the level cap, basically. And those do have unique names, unique appearances, and cool effects. But by the time like, you would be at a place where you get them, you've already stopped playing. So yeah, So yeah, that comes to my other point, is that I finished the game. Albeit with your help, and we'll talk about the thing parts I needed help with. <laughs> um, but like, I got to the end of that game, I did not get one cool thing at all. Yeah, and you, I you would call me fucking call me fucking you're... crazy. But I think that at the bare minimum, the game should give you something cool before you get to the end of the fucking story. Yeah, the way that drop rates work is that you won't even get masterworks and legendaries unless you're playing on at least hard. But to get 
more than one every few hours. <clears throat> you really need to be playing on Grandmaster 2 or 3, which are the hardest difficulties, which are impossible to solo below the level cap and very difficult to solo until your your basically your light level, your power level is high enough, which you get by yeah, uh, equipping yeah. higher tier stuff. Light level. That's, yeah. uh, that's Light uh, level that's is always destiny. what I'll call it because it's a Destiny thing. Yeah, well, well, Destiny speak is sneaking in, but that's because this game was... Even though they insisted straight up and down, they're not competing with Destiny. They were competing with oh, absolutely. Destiny. You you would get in trouble like, for saying that while you were a person working on the game, but it was obvious and clear. Yeah, and like, and it's they should have been more obvious and clear about it. Um, like, what gets to me the most, uh, like one of the things that gets to me with this is that the intro sequence to Anthem is really fucking good. Like, yeah. the first, like, even just, like, the fucking tutorial mission where, like, it's teaching you, like, how to do stuff and everything where you're yeah. going into. I should note right now, we're go we're going into the spoiler spoiler limiters off. Like, like you know, there's no, none. I'm just saying, like, for whoever's listening, like, we're just going to spoil Anthem. All of it. <laughs> if you do care, I normally yeah. I would say play the game. If you have Game Pass, I guess, play it for free. Don't pay for this. Don't pay for this game. <laughs> Yeah, no, that that was the conclusion you came to at that. Well, I'm going to spoil the end of your video. You said don't buy the game. <laughs> yeah. Don't buy the game. Yeah, my denouement was, should you play Anthem? And then I cut off myself asking the question by saying no and cutting to a video of the game, like, not working. You cut to a video of, like, the game, like, locking and you typing it, typing in a message of, I was recording this and it crashed. Are you kidding me? <laughs> um, But, like, that first mission where you're entering, like, the Heart of Rage is, like, is pretty cool. Yeah. And... But, like, what really got to me more so was, like, the mission right after that, where it's, like, two years later. <sighs> yeah. Um, a remnant of, that, I think, a much better, different game. That there, that's game number one. That's yeah. that's right there. That's the game that was, like, a traditional Bioware yeah. game. It takes place and, in a map you never revisit, ever, and mm -hmm. features puzzles that are never encountered again. Yeah. Like, the, the thing where, like, you lift up the blocks, like, stick them in, like, the thing. Like, that never yeah. turns up again. And the, 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 the puzzle that teaches you Which how to dodge a lot from of side other repetitive shit happens, but that doesn't. <laughs> yeah, and the the puzzle that teaches you that your javelin can move from side to side while flying, so you can avoid the electricity coming at you. You never encounter a puzzle like that again either. Mm -hmm. It's like that was that was created as like the proof of concept of yeah. like here's what we're going to do. Here's and then like probably Electronic Arts said, "What if it was a loop game?" Yeah. I, I steepled my fingers when I said that. When um. I was in college, I took a class called The Modern Novel, in which I read um, Gabriel Garcia Marquez's fantastic book, um, 100 Years of Solitude. And mm -hmm. in it, I compared, I don't know if you've ever read the book, um, there is a book in the book that it's uh, it's a feature of the story, and at the end, a character starts to read it and realizes it's like writing itself and telling the present and the future. And I compare the act of reading the book with crossing the event horizon of a black hole, and then wrote for three more pages about how that works and what would happen. And then I repurposed the end of that paper to just taking out all the stuff about 100 Years of Solitude for a different class I took a year later, an astronomy class, where I had to write a three to four page paper about some kind of space thing. Um, Wow. Anthem is like that. <laughs> That's the analogy I'm making. If it, it mm -hmm. was the 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 prologue mission is that is is you they they had something and they just they just clipped out this one part of it that was relevant and put it in and like the rest of the game just never came. It's like you can tell there used to be something else there, but they just yep. snipped it right off. And it's like I get it. Like you spent money on that part, and of course you're not going you're not gonna not put it in there. 
but it's so glaring compared to the rest of the game. Yeah. And and like this inconsistency keeps happening with the game. Like in the early on in the game, all the cutscenes are in first person. Like you are looking forward, you are talking to people and like sometimes it's kind of awkward. Sometimes it works, I feel. Um but like they stuck with it until about two thirds of the way through the story, where suddenly now that now it now we're you get camera angles, now we got third person and everything, and it's weird, yeah, and and it doesn't work. It doesn't help that the fact that the suits are like the one in the absence of other humans, they seem proportionally similar to human sized, but then they put them next to other people and they open up your visor and you can see your like fat little stuck face. It just the proportions. It, it doesn't look good. It looks really it's, bad. It's the worst fucking thing. I saw like you. You saw the screen cap I took of myself with my <laughs> yeah. horrible teeth. I don't need to see my face being reverse birthed through a robot. It's not really necessary. Just make it translucent, like Iron Man style or something. That's all I needed. It, you. They could have faked the technology enough that that visor just turns translucent and you look through it. Like right. that's fine. Um. It. It just. And, but it's like those. It's not like those scenes like benefited from it being in third person either. Yeah. Like it was just like it just like the first person scenes were unique because it because it's like the only other game that I can think of like that does like first person cut scenes like that was Half Life. Yeah. And but in those you could walk around while stuff's happening. You yeah. Know? But it at least like it was doing something with it. And then, like, the fact that, like, you get into, like, that temple, and now all of a sudden we're doing third-person cutscenes, it's, now it's like, well, you're just changing, you're just changing horses midstream because you decide, because you didn't want to fucking commit to this. Yeah, the distinction becomes when you're out of your suit, it's in first person, and when you're in your suit, it's third person. And I think that's because they didn't model the bodies properly for the rigging, or specifically to try to differentiate the the quote-unquote mood from when you're you know in your suit versus when you're not i don't know i think do it one way or the other but don't do both because it see it takes you out of the experience it took me extremely out of the fucking experience yeah um and i and i understand like the idea behind that but also like it didn't work but also it's like like i'm an artist and i'm a writer you know, you're a writer too. Mm-hmm. You know what it's like when something isn't working, you cut it out or you redo it. Right. To get it to work. Um the but that just wasn't in the cards for this. Like for like did this game like was one of those games with a really fucking troubled development cycle, right? Oh for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which meant that they were just probably just throwing shit at the wall and hoping it all stuck. Yeah, the the guy who um, wrote Blood, Sweat, and Pixels, which is all about the troubled development of several games, just Justin Jason, I think it's Jason is his first name, Schreier. He um, Jason Schreier, yeah, yeah, he releases articles all the time about shit like this. Um, I heavily sorted it, sorted, I heavily cited in my Anthem video, um, his article about the the development of Anthem and how it was a huge disaster. Hmm. So, yeah, because they yeah. were like, struggling with the Frostbite engine with mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah. Among other things that were a problem. Yeah, like, um, like we're not even getting into the bugs yet. <laughs> I have a half-hour section of script I didn't even put in my video that I could just read verbatim about all the bugs I yeah. encountered. 
let me ask this. What was your favorite one? Because I know my favorite bug that happened. My favorite one, as in like the one that was the funniest, was there was a period. I, I only have an on-screen bit, bit of it in the video for a second because I didn't mention the bugs at all um, other than all the errors and shit. Um, there was a period before the Cataclysm event happened where they had accidentally, with an update, introduced a quest, a, a world event. These are radiant quests that happen while you're out in the open world area that was not finished. It there it used temporary assets that are labeled as temporary assets. They're supposed to be these pillars of crystals, the ones you saw later when we went into that little um, that little thing. Um, but yeah. instead of a pillar of crystals, it was about the size of your javelin, this pink octagon pillar and it literally said above it temporary asset and that was in the game for like several days and you could come across <laughs> it repeatedly you could still technically complete the quest but it was very clear that this was not a finished part of the game that's my favorite one just because i've i have never had something like that happen in a supposed triple a game to me where you come across something that is labeled as like this isn't done yet in the game unbelievably mm -hmm. embarrassing and I have several incidences of it happening on on tape. I just have to find the hard drive with that footage on it. God, yeah. Um, mine was when we were doing the mission to get the parts to create like the shield, so mm -hmm. we can go back to the the heart of rage. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking I about. I sure do. Where you went to like an area because we were you were fighting an ash titan or something. Mm -hmm. I forget what it was. Yeah, it was a titan. And I was like. And I was like, there's nothing here. You're like, what do you mean there's nothing here? I'm like, this is a giant open field because nothing had rendered. Yeah. You were fighting enemies and I couldn't see any of them. Um, and they were attacking me, but it wasn't doing any damage. And I had to quit out of the game all the way, all the way quit out and then reload in. And then I load back into the area and I was like, it was a miracle. I was able to get back into the same session. Mm -hmm. And I load into the area and I'm like, Oh, there's a giant fucking building here. <laughs> yeah, I I have a few instances of that having happened on camera where a place it does not it it loads the collision geometry, but other than that, really nothing, and it looks like it's just a barren landscape, and you're running into shit that's not there. I had that happen uh, in Player Unknown's Battlegrounds actually when <sighs> I used to play that. Like for some like back when that game was real fucking janky when mm -hmm. it first came out. Sometimes, like the fucking buildings wouldn't render, and like you could run through them and but you and see people in them, but they couldn't see you, hmm. and so you were just like, just like in an in like an alternate like astral plane on top of everything. <laughs> and sometimes it wouldn't be until two or three minutes into the match when everything would suddenly snap into place. I mean, that will still um, happen in Anthem, where like the the area will have loaded, but you'll you'll show up to a world event and. Uh, Faye or Owen will be like, oh, you have to kill the whoever the hell, and you're taking damage and getting shot by enemies that have not popped in yet, and it'll be like that for up to 45 seconds. And you just have to survive long enough for them to pop in so you can start shooting at them. That still happens now. The game's been out for two years. Yeah, the world events suck so much. Yeah, like, there was... There, but also... There used to be more variety, but every time they introduced a new one, there was some kind of issue that they had to then remove it. There was there was one I'm remembering specifically. Are you fucking kidding called, me? Called uh, it was like Korok. They're not called Koroks. The there there are these fat little like dinosaur hippo things. Um, there was one that was called whatever that creature is called. K something research. So you have to go to the place, defend the Arcanists that are researching the thing, and then fight off several waves of brutes. But when they introduced it, it there was some kind of issue where nine times out of ten, if you came across a world event, it was that one, and it takes a long time to finish. And um, mm. enough people complained that instead of fixing it, or maybe because they couldn't fix it, they just took it out. 
So. <sighs> and and is that why like so many of them are just like the same fucking boring objectives over and over? Yeah. Because they it, it, they didn't they didn't have I feel like it takes a lot of resources and time when you're trying to like you know add DLC and shit to just make new world events and so I feel like it was probably a small team that was on it and the few that they added were either temporary because you know the crystal events not happening anymore because cataclysm's over or they didn't work like the the Korok uh, Kovak whatever the fuck they it, were called uh, event so they had to take it out. It, yeah. Well, here's also the thing though. It's like. Even the, like, the authored, like, missions that they have, even those are fucking boring. Yeah. Like, it's it's, like it's, they're all just, like, the same thing of, like, yeah. fly in this area, shoot everyone here, hit the switch, right. fly this Put area. Put the things back shoot together, everyone. whatever it is, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, walk to this area because you can't fly. Right. Um, Unless and, you're a storm, in which that. case you can just hover on out of there. Yeah, which I was a storm, and I hovered all the fucking time. Um, I tried playing a Colossus like once, and and I was so used to the storm, I was just like, Ugh, and I just went back. <laughs> yeah, to that's it. that's about as big a difference as you could make is storm to Colossus. When I first played Colossus, yeah. oh no, you you could in the in the beta test. I'm remembering now, you could play the different suits because I remember I tried to play all of them and I fucking hated the Colossus. I came around playing mm-hmm. it in the actual game once I figured out what to do, but I went from storm to Colossus and that was not that sucked. I should have picked the Ranger. Um, <laughs> but um. But, like, also, like, you know, the way the authored missions are, it's just like, yeah, let's just do the mission and drops you in. You do the mission and you get really far into it. And then it's like, okay. And then it warps you back to the fucking, to the, to the fort. Yeah. And it just feels so disjointed. And honestly, the way the world missions worked kind of was better because I could just stay out in the world and do three or four missions at a time. Yeah. The, the, you know, the... in succession and like actually get something out of it. Um, and it must've been and like, but and like the way having the author missions being so disjointed like that probably was even more nightmarish when you had the bad load times at launch. Right. I, I mean, the load times are still bad, but they're marginally better. There are so many problems in Anthem just with the Anthem experience that I feel like could have been solved with just a little bit of polish. Like, I think about the the loading into the world for a mission or for the open world sequence. You don't always get that suit up thing. Um, and when mm-hmm. you do get it, sometimes, usually, in fact, it's cut off by another loading screen for reasons I'll never be able to understand. But I, I feel like it would, the, the implication is that when you're leaving, because you drop in, like, with such force, I feel like the javelins, when they leave Fort Tarsus specifically, are, like, fired out of a cannon or something. Like, they must be to get, you know, crazy distance without having to burn your, uh, your jets, and then you, you land at the drop zone, and then you go properly from there. So just a little, you know, a, a little visual of me getting loaded into, like, the railgun or whatever, and then fired off. And then when the mission is ending, instead of just, you just stand around with your thumb up your ass for six seconds while it counts down that the mission is ending, um, there there can be a, A, you need animations that loop. I don't know why the hell they never had any in the first place. Um, and in the absence of that, some kind of animation that happens automatically where you're like, you know, you dust off your suit and then you get ready and then you jet the hell off instead of just standing there while the screen fades out. Just little, just little things, little tiny, I mean, little how tiny you- changes. How can you jet off when you're like six layers deep inside of a cave after killing a bunch of like the scars? Yeah, that's a problem for me to figure out on a case by case basis when they give me the anthem yeah. IP. <laughs> me, that's not happening. If anybody um, deserves it, it's me. I 
I know this. I agree. But it's not happening. <laughs> I could just imagine huh? the better version of Anthem. It'll be like when I watch a movie but hate the ending, so I just pretend the ending was different, and then I watch it again a few years later, and I'm like, oh, what? It doesn't... What's this? This isn't how I remember this movie ending. Anthem will just become a totally different game in my memories. A much better it's like, experience. It, it, the thing with Anthem is like if all it, it is it's death by a thousand paper cuts. Sure is because it's just a bunch of little annoying things here and there. Like the first when you first start the game with the with the title screen, you hit A to like log into the server, and then you have to hit A again to start the game. Yeah, and it's like why wouldn't you just load me in, man? Well, you can have like, just... up to four pilots, even though you can use the suit on all of them. Basically, if you wanted to start the story over, you would make a new pilot. So at the bottom of the screen where you would never think to look on the title screen, you can hit a button to change your pilot. And that's the only reason <laughs> that it doesn't load you in automatically. I feel like if you don't, I just, I if don't know. There's a different, to that, there's a different way more sense. that that could be handled. That's better and less stupid. But I could say that about literally every part of Anthem. There's a different way yeah. that that could have been handled that's better and less stupid. But also, there's like the little things too, like when you go to the forge and you have you go to the forge to change your loadout, and you have to press A to go into the forge. Yeah. Pardon me. Go into the forge, which you've told me is a leftover from the fact that the forge used to be behind a loading yeah. screen. Yeah, st it still has to load to get into the forge. When you hit A, you can see it says loading in the center for a second, but it's uh. Yeah, it, it used to be a, you couldn't access it from the menu, you could only access it from the little activate forge thing right next to your launch zone, and um, that was behind a loading screen. Also, you couldn't access the launch, like the mission launch menu from anywhere, you had to go to the launch zone and get into your suit to pull uh, it up. So yeah, yeah the, the game like a, has well, been marginally I, improved, like functionally, but... I, I, yeah, I recognize the fact that I got have gotten the best possible anthem experience by <laughs> playing what, it two years for what it's for worth. paying it two years after it came out yeah um and i still think it's a fucking mess oh absolutely absolute that game mess. is like 90 percent drink i'm not i'm not done being mad about the forge oh yeah um why is it that the camera moves around when i'm moving around to select parts of my javelin like why does the camera move when i move the the thing over to select weapons yeah, just just like, for fun, literally, because it's tied to the same stick. Yeah, but you know what? You know what that does? That means that like I'll exit out of a menu and think that like my portrait's like okay, it's over weapons right now, and I'm going right back into the same fucking seal like menu that yeah. I just exited out of. It's the the um, way that the cursor works is one of the very clear like, okay, so you want to be like Destiny then, right? Because Destiny has the same situation where it's a you're you're. You're basically moving what would be a mouse because it's built for PC, um, but you're on a you're on a console and it the camera hey, you moves know with it. Yeah, well, Apex has that too, and it doesn't fucking scroll shit around when you're moving. Yeah, I don't know what they were thinking, but the the, the UI interface is a whole other conversation. Yeah, and also and, UI and interface, also, like, the, the user interface interface. Sorry, I just hate myself. Yeah, yeah, you you really ATM machine. I sure one. did. I really VIN numbered that one up. Ugh. <laughs> Is this what we're gonna do <laughs> for the next hour? No, no, we're not gonna do that because we're talking about Anthem. You're not getting out of it. <laughs> um, I I was so confused as to what the 
fuck the loot does in the forge. Yeah. I got through the entire game without knowing exactly what a blast seal does. <laughs> I, I figured out eventually that it's like, oh, okay, this is like for like my spell slot or whatever. Right. Like it's that's what the fuck that's what the fuck it is. That's a spell slot. Um but it's just like it's and but it's like a lot of these things, it's just like one, the text is way too fucking small on that. So absolutely, I miss the you can make the subtitles bigger, but not any other part of the text. The subtitles still aren't big enough. Yeah, they All sure right. aren't. Well, or or they're not big enough, but also too big that they clip off the bottom of my television. Yeah, and Anthem has no in the display settings option to change the size of the display without you having to just change the settings of your television. And I'm not going to do that yep. for you, Anthem. I want to be clear though, like bad subtitles is an industry wide problem. Absolutely. There's very for few sure. there's very few games that do subtitles, right? Ghost of Tsushima does really good subtitles because they let you choose the color, let you choose the opacity of the background, yeah. and you can make them make them disgustingly big if you want them yeah, to. Yeah, for sure. And and I'm saying this as someone who has pretty good eyes. Like like I have really I have really fucking good vision. And, but it's like, I know I'm not going to have it much longer if I keep having to look at this small fucking text. Right. Death Stranding was a nightmare, too, with that. That's, and that's a text-heavy... I mean, the gameplay experience itself, maybe not, but that is a text-heavy game. There is a lot of text to read. Yeah, there's a lot of fucking emails that I stopped reading <laughs> because it was just too much of a pain in the ass to read them. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like, that, that like, really got to me. Like, the, just, like, the Forge just, like... It's a loot game, but equipping loot feels bad. Yeah, it doesn't. It's, How do you it's fuck not, that up? It's not clear what things do. This most of the symbols are never explained. You don't even get good mm-hmm. loot until after long after you've beaten the game because you you beat the game at like level fifteen and there's another fifteen levels before the cap, and it's just yeah. I don't. It sucks. It's a looter shooter in name only. Like you do shoot and you do get loot, but it's not doing it right. You did the bare minimum to do it, and it, and it's just. <sighs> I mean, it's possible to hit the level let's cap just, before you beat the game if you're grinding. Like, if, let's if just play, fucking like, talk game, about the Legionnaires but... quest. <laughs> the first of two deliberate stopgaps. I almost quit when I got to the Legionnaires. I feel like quest. I, I like, would that's... say that a solid fourth of Anthem's initial players did. If not then, then the second time it happened when you had to, to get the Quarium. Yeah. The only reason I kept going is because you helped me. Mm-hmm. Like, like because you helped me, and I knew I wanted to do this podcast. <laughs> um, I did. I wanted to, to talk about this because it's an interesting thing because it's like this – it is astounding, this game, like how, how much it botches. Yeah. Um, but, like, that quest where it's like, okay, go out, collect 15 chests. Do kill – do get 50 melee kills. That quest do used to be in- worse. I know it used to be worse because yeah. it used to not track that stuff until it, it didn't track that until you accepted the quest. Yeah. It's it and tracking changed... those events retroactively happened because of a huge amount of outcry. Uh, yeah, they did. Yeah. And it's not like they like, OK, well, let me re- let's reduce the number of things. Yeah, it's just no. like, no, we'll just track it from like the few hours before you play yeah. up to this point. Absolutely. And it's like if you're playing in, in a, if you're playing in a javelin that isn't melee focused like the storm <laughs> you're now you're running around like a fucking idiot trying to mail it melee like fucking scars yeah and it just it just took all the momentum that the story had and just ground it to a fucking halt so for for context for people who didn't play anthem about uh, a little over a third maybe into the story um you come across a quest where you have to find these four tombs of these four legionnaires and b- 
prove yourself worthy of going inside basically to get coordinates to a map of a final tomb. Um, when the game launched, you come to this mission and it starts tracking all of these things from then on. So there's, you know, open X amount of treasure chests in the world, do X amount of world events, melee X amount of enemies. It's that kind of thing, which um, can take, if you get to that point and it's not tracking any of it, several more hours. It could take you an entire day if you're having bad luck with uh, particular kinds of drops. Um, or longer. I mean, it's, Ugh. yeah. And they it takes less time after the patch because they started tracking it from the beginning of the game. But even then, it's... You're, you're going it through the story at a pretty good tick, and then you hit this point, and it is very literally and openly the game being like, okay, so we're done with the story right now. Go play the game for several hours in a way that's not fun, where it's very clearly busy work, and then come back. And it's just, especially because the, the stakes seem so high in the story, it's such a deliberate waste of the player's time in a way that is so disrespectful. Very frustrating. It's... It pissed me off so fucking much because the amount of time I spent like getting all that shit done, I think was equal to the amount of time I got up that I spent getting up to that point. Yeah, like no fucking. That's joke. not a surprise in the slightest. That's super frustrating. But yeah, and then they did that again. Yeah, like six hours later. The the next time it happens is um, it's like right before the end of the game. After this point, there are like three missions maybe after the after this point so you get to a point in the quest where it's like okay we need to build this thing that we need to build this macguffin to get to the basically final mission to build it we need three pieces of corium which you never come across before or after which are only dropped from these two semi-rare very difficult enemies titans and um Ascari. and Titans sometimes pop up in the world events if you know where to go. Ascari also sometimes, but much more rarely. You can come across them in like basically radiant quests that you get from NPCs in the world. The easiest way to farm for these events used to be you could do the first stronghold you unlock because there's a guaranteed Ascari fight in that. Just do it three times and you're done and you can continue. But because nobody's playing Anthem anymore and you can't solo a stronghold unless, you know, you have six hours on hand, um, that easy way of doing it was taken out and now it takes forever <laughs> even if you know where you're going and what you're doing um that was um the mission we were on where i came across the great glitch plane yeah that i had that i talked about i before. i was leading them to a place where i knew a titan might spawn and a titan did spawn but they couldn't see it because that part of the map didn't load in and by the time they got the game back the titan was dead and they didn't and get the job. nothing drop. And we needed to play for another like hour and a half of just going ahead and doing Matthias's missions to, to get the next few things. I fucking hate Matthias too. Yeah, same. Oh. He's my least favorite character. Uh, I want I, I all right. The story itself. I want to talk about story and characters because I have shit to say about this mm -hmm. too. Um, and I know you do too because <laughs> like you being like extremely extremely bioware yeah. um like and i, I want to be clear like uh, i don't have much of a history with bioware like i played like the first mass effect for like maybe like four hours or so and i just it just wasn't clicking with me um and that's about it <laughs> did you ever play like, like so, the old Baldur's gate neverwinter nights games because those were bioware also no i no i did not okay. i did not like that's 
like like I I'm bad I'm bad with that sort of stuff. So I can't really speak too much like on like what AI, but I understand what goes into a BioWare game. Like I've watched people play them. I understand what goes on with them. I know how it goes with like uh with like Mass Effect. It's like you know, like shoot in, shoot enough hostile aliens enough and you get to fuck somebody. <laughs> I'm not wrong. No. Like, like Saints Row 4 made fun of that. <laughs> I'm dead serious. Like, Saints Row 4, like, oh, no, I'm not, so that, I'm, like, I don't disbelieve you. Saints Row would. Saints Row yeah. comes for everybody. This is why we need to play Saints Row together. Yeah. It's I have, so I was, good, as but... I was unpacking my games, I found them. I have the third and fourth ones for PS3 still in their shrink wrap. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, but PS3 doesn't help us. Well, we can't play those together. Yeah. But you can still play them. Um, Assuming you still have a PS3. Yeah, that's what I'm playing Rock Band on. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I don't have Rock Band 4. I only have the first three, which are for the PS3. <laughs> that's fine. Um, so, like, um, let's talk first. Uh, the first thing on my notes is Owen. Because, uh, like, you you played, like, the perfect poker face with him. <laughs> because, like, I started up playing it. It's like, yeah, I think Owen's, Owen's kind of cool. I kind of like this character. He's kind of well-acted. And you were just like, mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> uh, not, no, you weren't like that because I would have immediately knew something was up. Right. Um, you were, but you like played it completely cool. And the thing with Owen is that he fucking he fucking double crosses you later in the story. Yeah, Owen is the third act uh, twist: is that he betrays you and steals the armor that you were working so hard to find with the Legionnaire's quest and yeah. fucks off. This like ancient armor, yeah. This ancient armor thing, and the reason he steals it is because is because he wants to be a javelin pilot, but he's really a cipher, which is like, which mission is like control. with the pilots, yeah, the pilots like mission controlled. It's kind of portrayed like as a much more mystic position. Yeah, than that. well, the ciphers have psychic abilities. Um, it's never yeah, really right. specified in gameplay, but if you read the code, the cortex that explains all the background stuff, yeah, ciphers are chosen because of latent psychic abilities, and the anthem I is part said of that this. problem. I should have said this way sooner, but I did not read any of this. Yeah, I've read pretty much all of it because that's how I roll. Uh, mm-hmm. I just wanted to get through the game. Yeah, I just had. Oh I no, I don't. I absolutely do not blame stuff. you for not wasting any more time on Anthem than you needed to to I just, experience it. I just wanted to. Get, I just wanted to get through it. <laughs> I just wanted to. Um, the betray his betrayal like did get me. Like I was just like, oh, I, it surprised me, but also I was like, oh, oh, of course this shit. God damn it. Um. But, like, also, like, he gets his comeuppance immediately? Yeah. Like, like pretty much the next mission, like, in the next cutscene you come across, he had, like, his eyes, like, burned out mm-hmm. by... The monitor. One, by the monitor, who is the leader of the Dawn... Or, no, what? The Dominion. The Dominion. There we go. Yeah. He had the leader of Dominion. Like, he gets his comeuppance off screen. Yeah. And then he, like, gives you a thing. He's like... And then he just flies off. And I'm like... What's the fucking point? What was the point, fucking point of that? Yeah, what I said in my video was that he leaves for DLC pastures because that's pretty patently what they were setting up with the post-credit sequence. That like, okay, well, you probably will come across Owen again because you're gonna need every everybody's help that you could get. And then you know, there wasn't any. <laughs> Listen, I am. I understand the need to like leave stuff for DLC or leave stuff for a sequel or whatever. But, like, don't leave whole fucking things in the air like that. Yeah. Like, whether it's, like, a video game or a movie or something, you should have some measure of, like, complete experience in, like, the base thing that you create. 
and not and not like make it so that make it so that like well we'll finish this later because there's no guarantee later will come in any situation yeah, much like and, with the dax quest where i pointed out the cutscene is referencing events that were cut out of the game it really feels like owen's comeuppance mm-hmm. like if the game had been longer it would have made sense because you would have been able to see it in some way it really it really feels like they had they had to like do writing edits on it. It's like okay, well, we just got to wrap this up because we got to get this game right. Out the door. We we can't we have all these missions game. where you fight alongside Owen against your will, and then you you beat him, and then he gets his eyes burned out. We have to cut all that out for time, is what it seems like. Yeah, and it's like I understand that, and and also I feel like I need to I need to say this here. Also, I do not begrudge the game the developers for this game at all for this. Yeah, like. I am sure they did what they had to. They did. They worked as hard as they could because they were given a shit situation to work in. Yeah. I definitely, and this is going to be with any game we talk about here. I do not blame developers. I always believe developers do the best that they can, especially especially quality assurance testers, because like those people, like you know, it's they're always the first ones that people make fun of when a game is bad. It's like, oh, did they not QA, QA this? And it's like the answer is. They absolutely did. They just didn't fix the stuff. Yeah. And that's not the QA's fault. With Anthem, my issue is with management and corporate, for sure. But the, but the people who were working on the game, you know, you'd, you'd make the best of a bad situation. Like, I feel like you can tell when you're playing Anthem, when you think about the devs themselves, you can see the passion there. And the execution mm-hmm. is just not present because that's of why meddling. The, that's, that, that, that passion is why the flying so good. Oh, yeah. That's what that passion is. Why the graphics are so beautiful. Flying's the best part. The passion is why like the world is so fun to fly around in. Um, that passion is not why the fucking overheat on the javelin is so low. Like that is one of the most glaring things. It's like you should not overheat nearly as fast as you do when flying around. Yeah, I've I've noticed uh, in playing it in the last uh, like eight months or so that more often than not, when you're out in the world, it's raining which was not the case originally. And I think that that was a deliberate choice patched in to extend your flying time. Because when it's raining, your your, I, your suit uh, he- heats up slower. I get, I, I get that. But also, I just think I it's think a band-aid on a bullet hole. Like, like it the, absolutely this is, a, is. You're fixing the wrong thing. Like, there's no reason for flying to be, like, there, if, you're, if we're talking about things from, like, a game design, like, perspective... Like, what is the purpose of having a javelin overheat? It's so you don't fly. Like, is it because, like, you want to... Well, you know what? You want people to fly everywhere, so why do you put a fucking limit on right. it? Right. I feel like the if you're going to put a limit on the fly time, quote-unquote, it would make sense if we're already pretending that it makes sense for suits like that to be able to fly in the first place. It makes sense to have the hover version heat up much more quickly because there's no air moving past you, and, you know, you can, you can, mm. you can junk science it easily. There's no air moving past you, so the heat builds up really fast. I would be totally fine with the hover... Um, heating up as fast as it does now uh because that would make sense Mm -hmm. but the actual flying itself like there especially because it's literally like twice as long it's literally only traversal it should be minimum twice as long like Mm -hmm. it's it's yeah it seems like a a piece of world building that is that they took in the wrong direction it's something that should happen when you're not expecting it yeah like it should be something that happens at the long at the end of an extremely long stint of flying. Yeah. And and I'll say I I appreciate having enough knowledge of the map to be able to extend my flying 
you know, into several minutes by knowing, okay, so I take a really strong dip here. I know there's a waterfall if I take a left here. And like, it's it's cool to be able to do that to know, but I shouldn't have to is the point. Yeah. Like, it, I feel like overheating should be something that catches you off guard. It should be, happen when you least expect it. It should, it should happen at that point when you're trying to escape from something yeah. And then your javelin overheats and it creates like this oh shit moment for you. You're like, oh fuck, I flew too much. And now, now I'm stuck on the ground. Now I got to fight these guys off. Right. Instead, what it is, is just an annoying thing I have to manage. Yeah. Especially like, because the cooldown is, is, is just... so fast. Once you land, it's like two seconds of sprinting and then you're back to flying. What is the point of that? You're never being pursued by enemies. Like, it, mm-hmm. it, it, I don't it, it's something it's something that like I feel like is is like this um the thing I said before of like three games taped together yeah. where it's like there there maybe there, there was a version of the game where that made sense but it doesn't anymore yeah. so now it just sticks out whatever the like impetus that. was for that decision was removed from the game and they just kept in the uh, side effects you know the whole feeling of the javelins actually is going to tie into my next point uh, I was gonna, gonna talk about because I was because I want to talk about hollow about Haluk. Yeah. Is it Haluk or Haluk? I've always I heard it Haluk in game. Haluk. Yeah. Okay. Now, I was I was trying to remember and I couldn't remember. Yeah. Um so Haluk um great character, honestly. Right? Love that he never wears him and, a shirt. Him and Love Faye that he never are wears so cool. a fucking shirt. I like that's he, so dope. His shirt is tattoos. That's it. Yeah. Well, he has a shirt on in the prologue and then when you meet him again 2 years later, yeah, he just doesn't wear a shirt anymore and he's got a lot more ink. He's he's wearing he's wearing a harness that you, as the sort of thing you would wear over a yeah. shirt, <laughs> but he's just wearing it on his bare skin. Yeah. I I appreciate any time that like a fat character doesn't yeah. bother I get, like, get, with I a get shirt big, and looks um, cool, especially because of his tattoos. I get big like Pacific Islander vibes from him. I think it's a good look. That is absolutely. I absolutely. I'm I am assuming that's the vibe they were going yeah. for with her with him. Um, but like something and like he made me like think about like um the way that like what make me like. Because Halleck is crippled. Mm-hmm. Like, he's disabled yeah. in the he game. Walks he walks around limp. with a limp, yeah. and he has a... I'm, I'm sorry. I was just saying, yeah, he walks with a limp. Even in the prologue, he's got a cane. So, yeah. Right. Like, he's got a he's got a cane. He's got a limp. And, like, it kind of, like, is implied that that kind of affects, like, his piloting mm-hmm. sometimes. Especially, like, later on when you encounter him, like, two years later in the story, where it's just like, you can't go back out there. You don't have it anymore. Yeah. He has a, a um, mix of a psychological... Um, bar between operating the suit and him because again it's stuff explained in the cortex that that you have to have a special link with the suit to be able to operate it but then there's also the like physically he says um, at some point in the story he's like I used to be the best freelancer and I'm not and it pisses me off and you can tell that what he means there specifically is like my body is not in that shape anymore yeah which which like which like makes me like think because like um think a lot because like um this even though it's not directly it, like it, this could like count as like mech fiction, mm-hmm. technically. I think of it that you way. Know? Even though it's, I'm sorry. I think of it that way. I think of them as mechs, like really small yeah. mechs, but mechs Be- nonetheless. Yeah, mechs. And like one of the things with mech fiction is like mech stories are they're about bodies, mm-hmm. right? That would make sense. Yeah. They're about bodies, and it's about like you know what is this mech? Is it like a replacement for your body? Isn't it? Is it like? Is it an extension of your body or is it like a tool that your body uses? And I feel like this game like doesn't really like address that. Yeah. Uh, especially because I feel like I feel like there was a missed opportunity here where it's just like 
you could have had like because like these mechs like basically turn people into superheroes mm-hmm. like the javelins like turn you into a superhero yeah, everybody becomes that's why Iron freelancers Man. yeah at, that's why that's why like there's so few freelancers mm-hmm. and that's why they were looked up to until like the heart what happened with the harder rage right. um and it's and like and they could have like done something like that like it could have like been a thing where like hollow like yeah he's like disabled but he still can pilot a pilot a mech and that's how like one of the ways that he overcomes mm-hmm. that um, but that doesn't really feel like something that the game like engages. With I don't think they. Here. I I would say it would be like an unintentional. Like I don't think they really put two and two together. They they had this character who has a limp, who uses the mech and has no as you know if if you could see him fighting if your characters ever fought together ever on screen, um you'd be able to see that it, it does not impair him when he's actually fighting mm-hmm. because the mech overcomes that that the that what it would do to his leg normally. I feel like it's not that's not something that they consciously put two and two together because i because like the idea of a freelancer who like is in a wheelchair normally weak enough that they cannot stand on their own legs but in a javelin it overcomes that and they can sprint just as fast as anyone else that's a super cool idea but like it's it's not something that they would have precedent like yeah i'm sorry i I just it's Um. it's not something that they would have done with the limited amount of time they had i feel like bioware might have realized that and addressed it later with other characters if the game had continued development into developing more story bits mm-hmm. but as it stands i i genuinely feel like it probably didn't even occur to them to take the story in that direction which is a damn shame it is a big shame because like what i was gonna say before is that like this isn't without precedent like um believe it or not i'm gonna tie this to formula one here. sure um because uh because there is this racer from poland named robert kubica mm-hmm. uh who was a very promising driver back in like 2008 or so um and like, and he was like, you know, he was new, and but he was out there, and it's just like, oh shit, this guy came from nowhere, and he fucking he's winning races, he's doing really well, and then like in 2011, he was doing rally racing, and he got into an accident so bad, his arm was almost torn Oof. off of his body, Yikes. like, like it was it was really bad, and it basically ended his Formula One career, um, but like he got you know he got it reattached and everything, but his arm is like mangled, and like he does not have like the same strength he had in that. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2019, he actually made a return to Formula One. And the way that they did it, they did the return, was they actually modified the car for him. Because, like, Formula One steering wheels usually have a lot of buttons on them that they have to adjust while they're driving. Mm-hmm. They modified his so that, like, okay, all of the really important buttons are on the left side of the wheel, mm-hmm. which is his good arm. Right. Um, and so here's someone who has, like, a visible and pretty bad disability still be he's able to compete in like what is what by and large considered to be the hardest and highest place in motorsports um and uh, now that's aside from the fact that like he was on like the shittiest team well yeah <laughs> like but, you that, know it's competing ab- that above lost, the level like, of a layman for sure exactly like he was able to do it and it's like that's kind of what i thought of when i saw hollow it's like it's like here's someone who like has a disability but could be overcoming it to be like a hero. It could have been like something like that. And I feel like that's a space you could have played in. It could have been like a maybe Hollow continues doing this because beyond like when he should be because he's chasing that. He's chasing that feeling of like, I can't do anything outside of my javelin. So I want to be in my javelin as much as possible. Yeah. If I ever um, wrote an anthem book, that's definitely an idea I'd explore with that character. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, like that's like how look became like my inroad to like, let's talk about mechs. Let's talk about bodies. Yeah. Um, 
like uh let's see here um and also like there's something also to be discussed about the scene the part where owen steals a javelin and then just fucking locks up right. and the the reason for that like, which is not clearly explained outside of the cortex is that you you need to the the javelins especially the storm link link with your body and like they link with you psychologically like you have to you're basically drifting like pacific rim style um you're drift compatible but like with yourself kind of a thing you need to like keep your keep your cool and know what's up and if you panic then the javelin will stop responding to your commands if you're not trained to deal with the feedback you're getting from the suit and that was what happened to owen is that he did not have the proper training and he panicked and so the suit stopped answering his commands well they didn't really say that they just called him an idiot a bunch yeah from, and i mean he was but he was but also it's like I, I see them. I saw them like calling him an idiot. I'm just like, well, actually, yeah, it makes sense that he would betray them. <laughs> yeah, in the gameplay, it seems like he locked up because he froze and panicked. And it's explained in the lore that what happened is he freaked out. And so the suit stopped working. Yeah. And honestly, I feel like important stuff like that should be in the game, yeah. not in the fucking I don't cortex. care if it sounds like exposition. Cortex... Tell it to me. Don't make me read it. <clears throat> The cortex is for stuff that like is not related to the the main mission. Yeah, the the it's cortex sort of stuff be like, in Dragon Age and Mass Effect was done properly, where it's cool, superfluous, unnecessary, good to have, but unnecessary information. And in in Anthem, lots of critical shit that is important to understanding the events of the story is in the cortex, and nobody ever tells it to you. Mm-hmm. Speaking of cortex, uh, let's talk about Faye. I I feel like you have a, you have a lot more to say about yeah. Faith. Faith's my favorite character. I have my one I have my one joke about <laughs> Faith. about the way she stands. Oh no, I know I know um, your joke. Well, yeah. yeah, well the way she stands it the way she stands is like weird yeah, yeah. to me. Like with her one hand up right. all the time. No, I know where you're but going. No, with I this. said the like yeah. yeah, the way she dresses is she's a Star Trek <laughs> character in a world populated by Dune. Yeah, characters. she's she's literally Guinan. Holuk is a Holuk is a Dune yeah, character, she, like top oh, to bottom. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Faye is literally Guinan from the Next Generation, transplanted over mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, who was that one like lady with like the bra- the blonde lady with the braids in her hair who was like the Imperial Tassin. one? Yeah, yeah. She she extreme Dune energy for her. <laughs> like I was. I was waiting for her to give me a Gamjabor. <laughs> okay, but talk about Faye. Like, please, I, I want this. I, will, I, I, just, I just really I, like Faye. Yeah, I want I, you to give you... I want to give you this space to mark out about Faye. Um, the, the meta reason, I think, why partially I like Faye so much is that in the alpha and the beta tests, you were playing in the part of the game where Faye was your mission control. So I already had like a good 40 hours of gameplay before the game even started getting being Jesus. used to hearing Faye in my head. And then you start the game and Owen is your mission control um, after the prologue up until the point where uh, Faye returns to the story and then she's your mission control because she's like, oh, I already know all about this mission. I'll just, we're, we're old friends. We'll do it. Um, and so and as soon as Owen's she came like, back, about it, it. right, Owen's like, <laughs> so as soon as Faye was back in my head, I was like, this is what's good. This is what's right. So I felt like I was already predisposed towards liking her, especially more than Owen because of that experience. That said, I think that the, the voice actress does a really good job, obviously with the emoting everybody, all the voice actors are doing a fantastic job in this game. I should say. Yeah. Um, the voice acting but, is, is really good in this game, but she's, she gives, she's just got, I, I don't know. I like I like her attitude. I like the way she's written. I think that she makes a good foil for Halleck. <clears throat> and the she she does a good job of it never again outside of the cortex. It never really explains what the anthem is, but I feel like even without the cortex explaining what exactly it is and what exactly it does, 
the you get a taste in the prologue of her saying, you know, I can hear it, we have to pull out, several of our ciphers are in a coma now. And then mm -hmm. um, towards the end of the game, uh, when you're fighting to get back to the Heart of Rage to shut it down, she's like, this could all go wrong, we could die, we could be eradicated by the Dominion, and on top of all of that, the thing I'm the most upset about is that if we don't manage to get to the Heart of Rage, I'll never hear the anthem again. And she sounds genuinely upset when she says it, so you get kind of an idea of what she means. And then at the end of the game, she does hear the anthem, and you can tell it makes her, like, the happiest she's fucking ever been. And then she makes the conscious decision to basically never hear her favorite song again, is, is the easiest way to describe it. And, you know, <laughs> shut shut down the uh, shut down the, the thing that's causing all the shit, and potentially, now at this point, never hear the anthem again. And having followed her path, especially if you talk to her a bunch, um, you can talk to all these NPCs between missions, you can talk to her a bunch, and it, it'll build out like her character and the, her motivations and the things that she likes and the things that she dislikes and it, i just feel like they did such a good job of building her up as this like she's especially you can tell from her outfit she's made out to be kind of like a nun um but like a cool yes. nun you know she's wearing um for a description she's wearing basically a, a nun's uh, habit but it's all like it's sleeveless and it's all like gray, but she has the headdress on and everything and she she just she tells you about like what it's like to be a cipher um you know, what what it's like to hear the anthem, and then she starts telling you about this other shit in her life. She tells you about these radio plays she likes, and you can listen to an episode of it with her and, and complain about this other one that she doesn't like, that Halleck likes, and it's just a whole... It's just... It, it's just... She just feels... Like, I feel like she's my friend to such an extent that you can with a video game character that you're never really interacting with. There are a lot of video games I play where there are NPCs that you can talk with a lot where I never feel any kind of connection. But with Faye, like... I, I enjoyed speaking with her character. Anytime that there there was an option for more dialogue, I was like, hell yeah, more time to hang out with Faye. And and following her like progression towards the end, I would have been genuinely very upset if the anthem had taken her and she had died. Like, I would have been sad. I might have shed a tear or two. I just, uh... <clears throat> and I just think that's, that's a sign of, like, that's where the Bioware magic is, is writing these characters and executing their stories. Like, in, in an imperfect world, these are perfect executions of these characters. I feel bad I didn't talk to characters. <laughs> yeah, there's parties. a ton of optional dialogue and characters I, that you never did and never met. I've engaged in some of them. Like, I engaged with, like, the rumor guy, whatever his fucking name was. Oh, I hate that dude. Uh, I, yeah, somehow I ended up talking to him the most. To um, be fair, I think you're supposed to hate him because all of your responses veer on the edge of, like, I will now be oh, using violence to end this conversation. Oh. Well, yeah, but you don't get to use violence to end a conversation, which I feel like is a is like don't fucking dangle the carrot in front of me. Like <laughs> yeah, this. you can say it, but then you don't do it. Yeah, it's it fucking that fucking sucks. Um, I but I feel bad, but that I didn't like do more like talking with them because I like um because I went back and like after we finished the game, I went back and finished your video because I went to I had skipped over the story part because I'm like you know what maybe I do want to play this game, so let me right. not spoil the story. Uh, good thing, good thing too, because that because then I wouldn't I wouldn't have been surprised by Owen's betrayal. Um, right. So, but like, I saw that part you were where you were talking about like, oh, you can talk to all these people and get all these subplots and everything, and like, yo, that's pretty cool. And I felt bad that I didn't go through and do that. But also, I would just everything else about the game was just so exhausting. I just wanted to be done with it. Yeah. The in my video, I am giving like points to Bioware or 
or to Anthem or to Destiny, or no, to Bioware or to Bungie, um, depending on which game I think did a thing better. <clears throat> and I front load the video with talking about story and characters and lore and all that stuff. And Anthem is really packing on the points. And then I start talking about the gameplay and Anthem ends up, you know, so far behind, it was hardly ever even a competition. And I, I still feel like that's true if you're going through the experience and talking to all these people, like... The, the critical difference is that you can't talk to any of these people. Like, you can have even literally one conversation. Um, but I feel like if if that's not a part of the game that you engage with, whether because it's not something you're interested in in video games or because, like, you, like, the game itself just sucks so bad you want it to be done, I feel like Anthem drops, like, in your rating where you're, you're giving it a whatever out of 10, drops at least two or three percentage points because you're not seeing what is the best part. And the fact that that is the best part in a shooter is embarrassing honestly it's the whole like it's once again we're back to the point of they designed like three four different games this yeah. here is sounds like a really intriguing walking sim yeah this is like, the dragon age 2 part of anthem yeah like because it's like it feels like a completely different game where you're walking around fort tarsus and talking to people like you could get through like talking to all these people and doing all this stuff and forget that you're playing a fucking shooting game yeah, you can, like, if you, especially if you haven't talked to these people beforehand, you can spend upwards of an hour going through for your first time if you're in the middle of the game and you've unlocked more people talking to everybody and going through all their stuff until they don't have anything else to say at that time. Mm -hmm. And some There's... of those stories have their own, like, special endings. There's one where you encounter, like, a secret Dominion agent, um, or, well, you encounter a person who used to be a Dominion agent, and he's having memory issues, and you're talking to him and his wife and Tassin, and you find out that his personality is fake, and he's actually, like, accidentally the Manchurian candidate, and you can deactivate <laughs> his fake personality and reveal that his whole marriage with this woman is a lie, and he never actually left the Dominion, and he's been sending them information all this time as this other personality he doesn't know about. And depending on how you execute that story, like, he can be imprisoned forever, or he can escape with his, I say escape, he can stay with his wife and try to, you know, meld this new personality into his old one. And it's and like, and it's just, you, you, you have no idea that that's there because you had no reason to ever go find any of those I people didn't. and have any of those conversations. One of the ones that stuck out to me was like, I was walking through a side alley and I encountered some old dude. <laughs> yeah. Who was like, yeah, he was like, ah, you're the oldest person in Fort Tarsus. And, like, he said, like, how it was a point of pride is just like, yeah. oh, we only had enough. We were six of us and only one bottle of water. And yeah, only so I lied. drank it. Yeah, he lied and said there was no water. And if you try to judge him, he's like, look, either we all died or one person didn't. And I'm still here. So I think I made the right decision. Yeah. I still I think remember that him. guy's a, I'm, I think that guy's a piece of <laughs> shit. I, I don't give a fuck. It's just like, because, you, you know, because, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, I'm going to be judgy here. It's just like. Yeah, you lived, but like you're living with the with the notion that you condemned five people to death. Like, and the the fact that he was so like ready to tell you about it, I think, is what makes him especially. We, yeah, like, if, like, if he told you dude. about this in shame, like I, you know, he, you come across to him and you're like, oh, I've heard of you. You're the oldest man in Fort Tarsus, and he's like, yeah, I don't want to talk about it. I'm not happy about how I got here. That would have been a completely different character than yeah, I'm it, the oldest person in Fort Tarsus because I effectively murdered five people. If, if that had been, like, something you found out at the end of, like, what you were saying, like, a long series of conversations Yeah, that's with the him, only conversation you have with that guy. Yeah, it's like, like, if that was, like, at the end of it, then it would be, like, ugh. And then maybe me judging him would come off as, like, his reaction would have been appropriate. But, but like, in that one conversation, it, well, now that I think about it, the fact that, like, a really old person 
came, came creepily came up to me and said and told me a bunch of fucking shit that they did that I that is kind of fucked up. That's just me working in retail, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I um I've never worked retail, but I have worked um public facing jobs and you know, you get a phone call out of the blue and the first thing out of this person's mouth is how many cancers they have and all the horrible things that they have done or that had happened to them and it's like can I um, can I help you? <laughs> Do I know well, you? Is- they just want someone to listen to oh, them. Oh, absolutely. That's always that's always the and conclusion is these people. So just... you know, so you know what? Bioware gets a point anyways for this because they created the most accurate old person imaginable. <laughs> Good work. Yeah. When fair you enough. when you when you make your follow up video, put put this in there. <laughs> <laughs> and this man that's is an accurate point... representation of how old people interact with retail workers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Speaking of someone with with like over a decade's worth of retail work, yeah, mm-hmm. that's how it happens. Yeah. Um also real quick, uh I did listen to a couple of the radio plays um mm-hmm. that happened. Um god, those are so fucking good. Yeah, they're not very long. I say full ass radio play. In the video I mentioned them as as whole episodes and they're presented as full episodes, but they're only like a couple of minutes long. But there are several no, of them. Nothing fucking happens in them. They're great. Yeah. <laughs> like there was one I listened to where all that happens is like someone kicks open a door and says, I'm here, but it yeah. takes them like five minutes to do it. Yeah. It's, it's just, and again, it's, it's those, that's, I feel like that's where most of the, like when I think about the developers and I think about like which portions of the development team were having fun, I feel like it's those people, the people who were writing the cortex, writing the dialogue, building the world, writing the radio plays. I feel like they were having a grand old time. And, and, like, that's because, like, they were making this material for, like, the traditional Bioware game. The traditional yeah. Bioware game that had romance options. That had, like, a party that went out with you into the world. Like, there there has to have been a version of this game in some, in some alternate timeline where you're actually... Where you actually have, like, a party of people in Javelins alongside you of Oh, NPCs. for sure. I feel like of it NPCs. would be... Like if if at at some points during development they took out flying because they like couldn't get it to work, um I never would have bought the game if it had released without flying and then we wouldn't be here today. But um I feel like uh, the fact that they that there is flying and that the world is structured the way it is I feel like is probably the main reason that you don't ever have NPC companions because I feel like especially under the time crunch they just could not have figured out how to make it work without it either looking unnatural or not working. I think it could. I, they could have done something. I think it could have been something, and it could. And you know what? It could have been like. It could have been like you do like authored missions with like your partners. Like either even if like your partner characters just followed like a scripted path, and right, they, like and a at rail. some point, yeah, yeah. And it's like if you're off fucking around or something, they stop and like maybe like radio. You'd be like, hey, what are you doing? We got right. something. We gotta go somewhere. They land on a like, nearby whatever, and then as you approach, yeah. they take off again. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's like if you then it's like if you go into free play, then you're going by yourself and you can go do whatever the fuck you want. Go harvest a bunch of shit or whatever. Oh, yeah. That's another point. I never crafted a fucking thing in this game. (laughs) The only stuff that's worth crafting uh, early on is you can once you unlock the slots, you can craft like little mission specific bonuses. Um, Never, never did um, a single fucking one. I I always crafted those um, once I unlocked the slots. But other than that, like they're. You can, once you have masterwork uh, embers, you can craft, uh, you know, better versions of, of uh, once you unlock the recipes, of course, which require a whole bunch of grinding, you can unlock um, inscriptions and stuff Ugh. like abilities. But yeah, the craft, there's, you can get through the entire game 
up to the level cap, never crafting anything and not be missing much. Because, yeah, well, it seems like craft. there was a big fucking crafting system in the game that doesn't get fucking used, so. Yeah. But, yeah, like, this, there is definitely, like, a version of this game where, like, it's like Dragon Age, but you're in fucking mechs. Where you're, like, you have your party. Could you imagine, like, flying around and it's, like, you, Halok, and Faye on the radio are all just, like, shooting the shit for, like, three minutes while you're See, flying around. would have been dope as hell. And that's that's what I like going back to, like, Inquisition for is is the the feeling of when you're out in a, in a shared space, the, the camaraderie, artificial or not, with these characters. Um, yeah. Same with Dragon Age 2, especially because sometimes they talk to each other. And it's just, yeah, Anthem uh, oh, I, is, is lacking. Th- for a game that's all about stronger together, it's lacking that connection with the, your as NPC much- friends. As much as I haven't played Dragon Age and I don't really have an interest in playing Dragon Age, um, you can chip away at that. We'll talk later. <laughs> um, um, I know that like there's I have friends who have played it who who like they one of them like they sought they seeked out and downloaded the audio files of like all the companions talking and it's like yeah this is just four hours of like an audiobook for me. <laughs> yeah, because there's a lot of fucking dialogue there. Of, like, really natural-sounding dialogue in them talking. Yeah. Uh, all right. Final boss of the game. <laughs> what a letdown. First of, all, I so- first of all, I soft-locked right before getting to him. Remember that? Correct. I do. <laughs> I fucking soft-locked on the way to the final boss. Um, why are there two arenas for a three-phase boss fight? Yeah, you start in one arena that's pretty much a flat plane with uh, two or three, like melted pillars you can stand on and then it shifts to a an enclosed arena um where there are platforms on the floor that you are flat but not very through tall. a fairly long tube to get to it by yeah the way. you you fly f- for about a minute or so from place a to point b and then for the second phase of the fight and then for the third phase you go back to the first place that first arena looks like a fucking twisted metal level i want to tell you. <laughs> yeah it's supposed to be a bunch of like um destroyed like melted city that whole yeah, map sure. but also it's like it's the final boss you don't even finish the fucking health bar no which is what's so quarter. fucking funny about that yeah. they get it down to a quarter and how crashes a ship into him yeah he has a four stage health bar um after you get it down um to the after you finish the first fourth he phases off to the second phase of the fight and after you get two uh, one more section down you go back to the first phase of the fight uh and after you get to the last bar, the fight is over and he dies in a cutscene because he gets effectively hit by a car. <laughs> Do you think that maybe there was one more fight, but it was so buggy they couldn't get it to work, so they I, just cut it out that way? It, it does absolutely feel like there was supposed to be a fourth phase of the fight and they couldn't get it to work, so they were just like, okay, well, let's... It, again, with like with Owen coming back with his eyes burnt out, like with Dax's cutscene referencing things that didn't happen, I feel like there is a part of the game that was here, at least conceptually, that was removed or never implemented because of time problems. Ugh, God. Yeah. yeah. I, my my yeah. tip for game developers and the people who love them is to not announce your games until they're done. I have solved the problem. That's not how it fucking works. Yeah, well, that's how it should work. <laughs> Nintendo has kind of done that a little bit like the when they do Nintendo Directs especially for like indie games they'll have like a trailer for it and they'll be like and it's out today it is possible Indi- for a AAA studio to pull this off like Fallout 4 sucked for a lot of reasons but they announced the game and then they were like and it's coming out in three months that's the way to do it well, by the time hey, you announce you know it what? it should basically be finished 
You know what's hey, you know what game did that actually? Hmm. Apex Legends. I would know, but I believe you. No, uh, for real. Like, they announced Apex Legends on a Thursday, and it was out on Monday. See, this this is this is the way you have a smooth release, people. I don't... The hype machine can only work against you in the long run. Period. Well, well, th- Let's I go back remember, to Cyberpunk when, 2077 for a second here. Here's... Okay, here's the next question. What if Anthem Next happened? Because <laughs> one whole of the things world. was that, like... In recent weeks, yeah, because one of the things in recent weeks was um, the, so apparently developers had been working on a new version of Anthem for the past year mm-hmm. and basically had a meeting with EA to be like, hey, if they say yes, we're going forward with it. Otherwise, we're, we're the project's getting scrapped. And the project got scrapped. Yeah. I feel like but if it ha- the scrapping, in, in defense of the developers working on Anthem Next, I have every reason to believe that it was scrapped, not because there was anything wrong with the Anthem Next project, but because the higher-ups looked at the concurrent players on Anthem across all platforms and realized that even if Anthem Next was amazing, the game would never be a success. Like, they, it's mm-hmm. too late. It's too little too late. Mm-hmm. They work in a no man's no man's sky their way out of this. Yeah, they the uh, if if any studio is likely to pull a no man's sky, it's a small one and not a big one. Like the fact that the reason Hello Games got away with what they did is because they were a tiny studio, and so they they I could mean, just go radio silent and it was okay. But also, isn't that what Bungie did with Destiny versus Destiny Two? Well, kind of. No, it's yeah, it's <clears throat> when Destiny came out originally, it sucked. Um, for the whole first year, it was. Just tons of issues. Story was stupid. All that shit. And then they released the Taken King. Um, it's called Destiny Year Two, which was like the first big story update and also overhauled a lot of the systems. And the game was much improved after the Taken King and basically completely different. Um, Destiny after the Taken King rules. But I think the difference is that even when it sucked and was difficult, uh, Destiny still had a dedicated player base, and Anthem had a dedicated player base for maybe the first two weeks. And then after that, I was the only person left playing it. Yeah. All right. Now, I have the second what if, and mm-hmm. I almost asked you this last week, but <laughs> I held on to it. Because um, they have all these assets they made for Anthem. They have these this flying. They have all this stuff. They got to do something with it, you know? Um, so what if? <laughs> Anthem Battle Royale. Um. Well, if they... F- Fix the shit with the suits not being able to fly very long. I I think, honestly, because of the way that the system is built between these suits, it it would be heavily favored in favor of the Storm if they did do a Battle Royale. But that Mm. said, I I don't like Battle Royale games. I don't play Battle Royale games. I have no interest in Battle Royale games. But I do have an interest in Anthem. I would at least give it a (laughs) shot. And I think that properly executed, it could actually be a very fun kind of chaos. Listen, like, uh, it, this isn't unprecedented. It's because, like, that's happened with Titanfall 2 and Anthem and Apex Legends. Mm-hmm. Like, Apex Legends is all Titanfall 2, like, stuff, like, imp- like, like, um, assets copied over and turned mm-hmm. into a battle royale. And they adjusted the physics because, like, the physics in Titanfall 2 would not work in a battle royale, like, whatsoever. <laughs> like, they had to, like, adjust it to get it to work, but it really fucking worked. And, it worked. It's free to play. They dropped it. They announced it and then dropped four days later. And hey, it's still going now. I won two games today. I'm real fucking proud of myself. Um, but, you know, if Anthem became a free to play battle royale, I'd give it a spin. 
I mean, you already have it on, on your uh, Game Pass. And they they would be yeah, fucking balls of brass if they tried to charge people to buy whatever new version <laughs> of the game that was. Um, uh, yeah. right. I, I um, feel like if they're going to do anything with the Anthem assets, like realistically speaking, they will repurpose them for a Mass Effect game. Um, they really should. Like, well, all jokes they, out of the room, that flying should be used in Mass Effect. Yeah, if for traversal, if literally nothing else. Like, I don't want to be in a stupid... A stupid jeep put me in a suit that flies i feel like um the the um the reason that that seems like such a logical jump is because anthem when it was conceptualized was a mass effect game it was a mass effect spinoff the story of why people really? were on this planet was because they were explorers from the mass effect setting that had crashed on this planet and now couldn't leave because of all the shit going on with these artifacts and the the ripstream that you encounter if you fly too high and the whole story was like we're trying to survive desperately on this planet that's trying to kill us like outrider style and also trying to escape <laughs> which is why i keep i keep thinking any anytime anything is happening with outriders during the when we were playing the beta i'm like this it feels like anthem to me <laughs> which part of it is i just have terminal anthem brainworms and i'll be thinking about it forever but well the fact that outriders is still unplayable to like the day after it was released <laughs> Should give you extreme, extreme fucking Yeah, uh, but the brain. real question is, um, with Anthem, I thought the game wasn't working because too many people were playing it. After people stopped playing it, the game still wasn't working. It's just that it doesn't work. My question is, will the same thing happen with Outriders? Is it not working because too many people are playing it, or does it just not work? That's going to be the real test to see whether it's got Anthem mood. Well, here, uh, the official Outriders Twitter uh, feed three hours ago said... Say here it says, U.S. Outriders get back in there and fuck shit up. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from our servers, please, we need those. <laughs> See, I feel like Outriders is going to do just fine. I mean, obviously, it'll never match um, the the peak of launch day um, concurrent players, but I I feel like the 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 the, the story sounds dumb, but the the premise of the way that combat has to be executed is unique enough. And it has crossplay, which is a huge draw. That Outriders in the long term will be perfectly okay. We'll have a medium-sized but stable and dedicated player base. Nobody's it's ever going to top of, Destiny. Like that's it's, just. It's also coming out in a pretty big game drought right now. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, like we're we're pretty much hitting like the end. Like all the games that have been released in like the last year or so are like games that were close to the end of development. Um, and it's just like okay, well. Working from home, we can polish these things up. We can get them out the door. But and it, we're hitting a point right now where there's going to be a gap of like games that like really hit the fucking skids because because everyone had to shift to like work from home. Yeah, and and like work outside of like an office environment. So it's like we're going to be looking at a big dearth of games right now. And Outriders is hitting at the just right time. Yeah, that's it's a. Right, right place, right time situation. I feel like had had this game come out, I would say a, a year ago, it, nobody would have given a shit. No, a year a year ago there was still time for that. A year, well, a year ago everyone was playing Animal Crossing. So. <laughs> yeah, wrong mood, wrong vibe. Read the room, Outriders. You can't say you can't say fuck in front of the mayor. <laughs> I don't know. I said fuck all the time. <laughs> I made Isabel say fuck. It's her special word. It's her it's her special word that she uses on bad days. Um, <laughs> anyway, all right. I've hit the end of my notes. So if there's any other stuff you would like to touch on. 
about Anthem. Man, I could talk about Anthem for several more hours. You know this. Um, I, I I know. I I, I just know. I just want to express how disappointed I am in Bioware, as if they are my child that I am scolding. Like I am embarrassed to be associated with you. I'm embarrassed to be enjoying, sometimes in an ironic way, sometimes not, this horrible piece of shit trash product that you released. I'm ashamed of all the Anthem merch I own and will continue to be owning. I have a bunch of shit coming my way from uh, third party, you know, people illegally using the Anthem stuff to make their own merch coming my way right now. I just it's you threaten you threaten to buy me some for my birthday. I'm th- I'm still thinking about it. I uh, I don't have Photoshop on you this sh- computer yet. Um, I already know what I want to send you, but I have to design it and have it printed. Um, oh my god! But uh, oh my god! <laughs> my my thinking on Anthem is literally just and I I said this to you when when you asked if I was enjoying your suffering and I'm not going to use the whole Buffy analogy because it goes on forever. But the conclusion is, I feel when showing Anthem to you as if I have introduced you to a good friend of mine who I didn't realize because I'm too used to it is very embarrassing. Like they're just a, for for whatever reason, embarrassing for me to experience in the presence of somebody who doesn't know them. Anthem feels like that friend where like privately it's when it's just me and Anthem, I am, I am looking past the faults cause I'm used to them. I'm having a good time. But as soon as somebody else is around and I have to be like, yeah, yeah, Anthem says stuff like that. Anthem does stuff like that. It's just hugely embarrassing, and I feel like a piece of shit. It's in, and it's like you know, Anthem's cool, like around, like sometimes, and you know that like the people making fun of Anthem are they're being kind of a dick about it, but also they kind of have a point. Well, yeah, the it. game doesn't work. It's like uh, it's like I say in my video, which I've said every ten seconds. Like when you're really <laughs> when you're really feeling it, especially like in a stronghold on the hardest difficulty with people, you're all moments from dying. Everybody pops their supers at the same time. You're trying to coordinate to kill this giant fucking boss right before everybody dies, and you're like you're feeling it. You're right there, and it's like you're you're the adrenaline's pumping, and you're, you've got flop sweat, and you've got goosebumps, and then the game fucking crashes. <laughs> All of Anthem is like that. Right when you're on the cusp of like reaching that nirvana of like uh, you're enjoying this game in the way it was meant to be enjoyed in the perfect situation. And then it reminds you in the most horrible way possible that it does not respect the time that you've put into it or the amount of care that you've that you've invested in the situation. Uh, it's unfortunate. All right. Um, I'm going to do the thing. I think we might have talked about this Um I am turning on my Xbox right now. <laughs> yes. I'm moving over Anthem, 62.2 gigabytes, and I have pressed the option button, and I am hitting uninstall. The ceremonial uninstalling of Anthem. Yep. You're about to uninstall Anthem. This includes any add-ons. Add-ons. You can reinstall at any time, at home, or on someone else's console. <laughs> <laughs> if you'd like to give somebody a virus... You can install uh, Anthem on their console. And it's gone. Bye, it's gone. That is by Anthem. Thanks for Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for the <laughs> memories, quote unquote. Uh you know what though? Like, listen, I like co-op game, co-op games a lot. I like playing them with people. And it it despite everything, I enjoyed the time I had playing with you. <laughs> like 
My experiences and with I... co-op games are like, when I am playing them with friends, I will be having a good time. But as you mentioned at the opening, like, I, I will play these massively or small, on a smaller level, multiplayer games deliberately by myself in a way that makes the game harder. And that is my preferred experience. So if for me to have enjoyed Anthem as much as I did in the ways that I did, playing it in a way that it did not want to be played, I don't know. I don't know if that's a good or a bad point for Anthem, but it sure says something. You know, you were, well, while Anthem is like the weird friend you wish that like everyone was nicer to, at the same time, you kind of bullied Anthem into being your friend. Yeah, no, for sure. You have, honestly... You have an extremely contentious relationship with Anthem. Um, <laughs> and I think it would benefit both of you if you took some time apart from each other. In this situation, Anthem is my friend Spoop and I am me. No, no, Anthem is me. And I am my friend Spoop, who established a decade plus friendship with me by being willing to be the person who is like, I am coming over and we are hanging out. Not, not even giving me a chance to, to defer plans or decide on something else. That is the situation that we're in. I was like, Anthem, I will play you. I will beat you. I will enjoy you, motherfucker. And Anthem's like shutting down, turning off my console, trying to stop spending time with me. <laughs> well, I will reinstall Anthem, assuming it's still on Game Pass, when they announce that they're shutting down the servers. <laughs> As your last hurrah. They might be the only chance you ever get to do a stronghold. Because I feel like if anybody's going to come back and play Anthem, it'll be for the last hurrah. It'll be like Tabula Raza. Everyone comes in at the last minute for the server shutdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I, if, when the server shutdown happens, like you and I, we'll coordinate something. We'll sure. play together. I want to do the thing. I want to do the thing where like you try and be on the server when it shuts down. Oh yeah, for sure. And it, I one like Antha, give me one last boot to the, camp, to the title <laughs> yeah. screen. Give me one last unknown error, please, for old times' oh sake. <laughs> I think you would literally die from laughing. I I would you, I would write you, down I would write down when that happened down to the millisecond and get it tattooed on me. <laughs> Right under unknown error in the anthem font. That's what I would do. That's when I'll get my anthem tattoo. <laughs> God damn it. All right. But that's, we've, Doom, we finally did it. We did the anthem We did podcast. the anthem pod. Uh, Which it, means I have now, what, on recording, talked about anthem for almost four hours. <laughs> like, oh, this, cumulatively. Oh, wow. One hour, 43 minutes. Yeah, and then you add in the, the two hours of my video essay. <laughs> Oh man. And and uh possibly more to come. Yeah. Uh